I had to first uh, re realize what I could, what I was doing that was giving you a negative about me that I didn't love you yeah. or had any, had no, no care about you. That, that for me was hard. I'm like, oh, how could that even happen? But I had to look at myself. Well, how have I been responding? How have I been available? How have I nurtured this relationship? You know, especially we're family. And to me, a family is is a, a should be a close relationship. I know it's not for everybody, and I'm still working on some of those areas of my family that have kind of slipped away. But I desire to have that closeness again. So that was the first thing, and that was me, because I get to control how I respond to my family members, the people that God has put around my life, my friends, my neighbors, whatever. So that's just about me. I can't expect everyone else to change so that they can, right. I can like them or interact with them or whatever. So that was the first thing, was figuring out how I was putting off a vibe that was uh, not approachable. Um, and that was hard for me to really. Good morning. Uh, uh, I'm Bonnie Violet, <laughs> and you are at Splintered Grace. Uh, so glad that you could join us today. And this is my co-host. Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday. It's Tina Frank here. Hey, just very excited to um, see you all today, kind of, and uh, to have a great conversation. Welcome, welcome. And, right, as in kind of see you, not that I'm kind of glad to see you right oh i gotcha no i'm always glad to see him but right. hear them or however that's going to work today <laughs> right Whew, you can tell i'm so not tech savvy huh hmm. yes well I was, <laughs> I was just happy that we showed up on the 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 sides that we like to be on <laughs> yeah yeah i was wondering about that I'm like oh it's gonna be weird if i have to look someplace different so that i can i can see you yeah, no, I told myself, okay, you got to click this one first and then that one. <laughs> that's so funny. I'm so glad that's your job and not my job. Because mm -hmm. who knows if we'd even make it online. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, so awesome. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, so should we start by sharing a little bit about our weekends? Sure, we can do that. Do you want to go first? Um, I can. Right. Um, I actually had a pretty low profile weekend, which I loved. <laughs> um, I got to have some extra time with my honey. He was off an extra day this weekend. So that was nice. But um, just spent some time doing some busy work around the house, um, seeing some friends, uh, going to church on Sunday morning, which is one of my favorite things to do in the week. And uh, yeah, so it was pretty, pretty easy working in my garden. That makes me happy. Nice, nice. And you're saying you were at like 90 degrees weather, so it's oh, pretty comfortable yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, we kind of getting up a little earlier, playing outside a little earlier, but as soon as the sun starts to go down, it's really nice again. So for me, it's it's perfect. Mm -hmm. Nice. How about you? Sounds like you've had a lot going on this weekend also. Yeah, and I got some sun for folks who can't oh, yeah, yeah. see, <laughs> but I got, I got burnt pretty bad just on one half of my body um so uh but it's like it's like i it's like i don't know like i've burned my whole life and there's yeah. still sometimes when i'm like what are you like it's this isn't a new thing like put on some sunscreen you know yeah but i think just i just didn't realize it was going to be that nice and i was standing out watching a drag show on the sidewalk and an hour and a half later <laughs> you know on the like yeah. burnt side so just kind of the way way it goes. It happens. I remember you and your little brother. Sometimes in the summer, you always had to wear a t-shirt, and if you, you forgot, sometimes you had to wear a t-shirt over your sunburn because it was yeah. so bad. And I feel so bad. I, my my body hurt just to mm. see you guys. And it was so not cute. I mean, we had that because we had these huge blisters on the tops of our shoulders. We oh had my gosh! Nose. We had them on our ears, and tops of our head, no matter how much sunscreen we wore. So we weren't really allowed to be outside without shirts on. And, 
you know, things yeah. like that. So it was, yeah, it was no fun. <laughs> well, thank goodness sunscreen has come a long way since then, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely better. Um, yeah, it's definitely works. It works really great when you use it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're gonna have to make sure you have some in your bag at all times. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> I I did have a. Um, I've been, uh, you know, I've been having a challenge with getting in to see the doctor around, um, like a trans specific doctor for my trans health stuff. Okay. So I was, I, I met with the doctor on Friday to. Um, to, to talk about starting hormones. And I was really excited to start hormones like then. <laughs> um, and I talked with them and sh- we had a great discussion. It was a really great visit. And they're like, yeah, I think that, you know, hormones seems like a really good next step for you. And I was like, yay, let's do it. And then she's like, oh, we can't do it today. Like we need to give you some time to like read through some things and it's mm-hmm. just protocol we'll have you come back for another appointment. And I was like, I was so disappointed. It was, it was, um, it was kind of refreshing in some ways because you can get so caught up in your, like I can get so caught up in my head Mm -hmm. that my head starts to take over like my heart or my body. And Mm -hmm. so like, as soon as um, I talked with her and she hung up, like I started crying. um, I started crying about uh, not getting 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 to start yet and so for me I felt that was like my heart and my body like Mm -hmm. taking over and being like hey like get out of your head because the things that are in my head is just like people aren't going to love you people aren't going to understand you people are going to you know all these sorts of things um is what gets in the way rather than me just doing what might feel right for me you know yeah yeah I, I think it's good though to make sure that you have a full understanding of everything I think they're they're doing really well with dotting their eyes and crossing their teeth. I think that's really a great sign that um, they care about the decisions that you're making and they want to make sure that you make them the, with all the information. So that's encouraging to me as as someone who loves you and uh, wants the best for you. Yeah, I, and I've done a lot of the research and like so for me it wasn't like I was just like it was a brand new thing. I have a girlfriend right. in Chicago her and I wanted to go through the process together. And so she's already like three weeks ahead of me. So I was just eager to have like a buddy um, as I go through this process that I can just kind of check in with and see how it's going for her and I can see how it's going for me. And so it's, it's, it's just a matter of weeks or whatever. Um, But it's, so it's not really that big of a deal, but I was, it was just a kind of a, a cool, I guess, that's what happened this weekend. So I'm looking forward to at this point, it looks like I will start in May um, unless uh, an appointment opens up sooner. Okay. Well, cool. Well, that's, that's, that's awesome. Sounds like you had the kind of weekend that you were hoping for. Yes. Yes. And you got to be outside. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I I, I mean, I'm happy to be outside and be able to do, do stuff. I spent so much time inside. So I'm happy to be outside doing some stuff. Mm-hmm. For sure. Should yeah. we get going on this conversation, I guess? All right. <sighs> yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So, you know, um, we all, we 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 are blessed. We get to talk a, a lot sometimes during the week, and um, talking about we want you guys to get to know us a little better. So, one of the things that I like that I have done over my number of years as I've grown older and more wiser is I have catchphrases, and um, from the time I was little. Um, my mom used to give me these catchphrases, not all of them that I liked. Um, but as I become an adult, I, some of those catchphrases for me have been something that's tangible that I can grab onto to remind me of where I'm moving towards. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I'm not always ready for this big philosophical or logical conversation, but a catchphrase that can catch my attention can stop me in my tracks so that I can think through what happens next. So we thought today we would share some of those. Um, I've got a lot and I still have them in my space because I put them on sticky notes on my computer. I write them on my bathroom. Um, I write them in my journal. Um, So I went through my journal and I I wrote some down that I've had over, over the years that still come up for me once in a while when I'm having a challenge and I thought we would share some of those with you. So how about you? Did you have some luck trying to find some catchphrases? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, and f- yeah, and like like I shared with you too, when you first said catchphrases, I think of like reality TV, TV shows when like the desperate housewife comes in or the, is that what it's called? Or like, <laughs> or like RuPaul's Drag Race or, you know, like some reality show comes in and they have like kind of a catchphrase or like something that kind of says who they are in like just a couple of sentences. Um, but then once I looked it up, I was like, oh, okay, catchphrase like that. So in my circles and like recovery circles, we call them like slogans, I think. So, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, I did write down some of those slogans or catchphrases. And we'd also love to hear from folks who are listening, if you have a favorite, or maybe you have one that you don't like, <laughs> uh, that yeah. you want to share with us, um, that would be great as well. Just put it in the comments and we um, will, we'll bring it up and talk about it as well. So did you want to come up with one first, Tina, or did you want me or how do we oh, want to sure. do that? Why don't we, why don't we share the one that we both don't like? <laughs> that oh. you already showed because we both are like, yeah, no, yeah, we grew up with. It was I, I, my father said it all the time, and I, I, it, I know it wasn't unique. I think it was yeah. the era and the time, but my father would always say, "Do as I say, not as I do." Oh my gosh! Do you ever do you hear that now as an adult still? Hey y'all, it's me again, Bonnie Violet. I just wanted to take a second and thank my Patreon members. Patreon members are folks who contribute on a monthly basis, anywhere from $3 to $150 a month to support the work of a queer chaplain. Big shout out to Victoria Thompson, Jason Brandt, Brandon Stanton, Kim Silva, Brandy McCarg, Randy Sandnot, Bob Kaiser, Joey Heckmeister, Violet Rhiannon, Gabriel, Jonathan, Patrick and Todd Atkins Whitley. Thank you so much for your continued contributions. And if you're interested in joining the Patreon, just check the link in the description. Go to patreon.com forward slash Bonnie Violet. Thanks so much. Bye bye. No, the only time I hear about it is when people are like complaining about it. I, I sometimes, um, especially when I'm in a situation where the family's together and I don't want to do something, but I want someone else to do something. <laughs> I think, oh, wait a second. <laughs> Why would I ask someone else to do that if I'm not willing to do it myself? So right. yeah, that one comes to my mind. But yeah, I didn't like that one growing up at all. <laughs> good so. morning, honey. Thanks for all the purple hearts. Oh, good morning. You could join us, honey. <laughs> yeah, uh, so... Was there other ones you didn't like? I thought you had another, no? Uh, no, that's probably the main one that, that I didn't didn't like. I didn't mm-hmm. like it when people would, would tell me about, about assuming, and I think we all know what that one is. Yeah. Uh, so, mm-hmm. And I still hear that as an adult. I'm like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, right. I'm, trying to, I'm trying not to assume things about people, which I think is a good practice for all of us. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. You just didn't so. like the the breakdown, so to speak. Uh, yeah, because I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, wait a second. I, I, I don't consider myself an ass. I don't consider you an ass. I just was assuming right. something. But yeah. So anyway, those are the two that, that I really didn't like that I heard growing up. I'm sure if I really sat down and thought about it, I could probably come up with a few more. And I'd probably mm-hmm. use some of those as I was raising my kids if I really, really thought about it. Right. Um, so thank goodness they all forgave me. So we're all we're all hanging out together. Wow. But, right. <laughs> but I have quite a few because, you know, I'm you're such a thinker, and I'm really not a a thinker thinker in the middle of stuff. So well, you know, even our conversations, I'm, I'm more of a, a black and white, and you're kind of a, a gray with a little bit of black, a little bit of white. And, and it's all good. And that's, and it's, I think that's great. Uh, but for me, I need a quick black and white sometimes to just help me mm-hmm. to stay focused because I am in a constant state of change. And mm-hmm. that's the desire of my heart is to not be the same tomorrow as I am today. I want to always be moving forward to be the best that I can be. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll start with one. I've got, I've got a whole bunch of them. So <laughs> <laughs> I tried to put some of mine in order. Because when I write them in my journal, sometimes they're kind of going through life circumstances, like I've, they've come up for me. So the first one that I remember, and I think you've heard me say this even now, is um, the details of our day dictate the opportunities of our future. Mm. 
So that one for me really helps me to focus and prioritize the things I need to get done each day. Because I don't know if you guys struggle with this or if you struggle with this, Bonnie, but I get distracted really, really easy. Even this morning, I got distracted and I lost like 30 minutes of my morning. I'm like, dang it. Because um, I, I just, I don't know, I'll get going and doing something and then squirrel and I, and I get over here. And then I find myself an hour later looking up and I've lost my whole schedule now for the day has gone crazy. And mm -hmm. so I try to, when I, instead of getting frustrated, because I tend to do that and then I just go over the deep end, I just say, okay, wait a second. The details of my day are going to dictate the opportunities mm -hmm. that are ahead of me tomorrow and the next day and the month and the what. So what do I go back to now? Because I have to cut something at this point. Right. I spent time doing something. I have to cut my schedule. So now what do I cut out of my schedule to get me back on track? Mm -hmm. So this is one that I, I was, thank goodness, I uh, ran into early <laughs> right. and I've been able to use over the years to help me focus. And I feel like this catchphrase right here, it had a lot to do with the uh, growing of my business, the opportunities that I had to work with, with people that I have in the past. And so this mm -hmm. one was really good. So, yeah, there's a couple of things that came up for me when you mentioned that one is in recovery circles, we, we talk a lot about doing the next right thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's a way not to get stuck in the past or stuck in the future. And and I like it, it's evolved for me to just do the next thing. I don't do well to label things right and wrong. Um, I just feel like, I don't know, for me, it's just better because I've always tried to do things right and I still did wrong. So yeah. I do better just to try to just do the next thing. Um, <clears throat> so that's what came up for me uh, when you mentioned that. And then the other thing is I kind of relate to that because I am kind of such a thinker and like I, I kind of all over the place. Um, I've, I think throughout my life, I've tried to control that. Like I've mm -hmm. tried to um, say, no, I need to put this off and do this over here. And what I've learned to do that I think is helpful is to just kind of go with the flow. Um, because sometimes, I mean, there, obviously there are some things that have to be done and there's like a deadline and things like that. But my um, energy and my interest also kind of fluctuates. So I usually try to like go with the flow. So sometimes I might be like doing a whole lot of stuff at once. And then I'll have a period of time where like maybe I'm not doing that much. Um, but if I like, if I zoom out, like if I'm just mm -hmm. looking at this day, I might think like, oh my gosh, I did nothing or I did way too much or whatever. But if I look at the whole week or if I look at the month, then I can see that, you know, like I had three days of this, three days of that, and then it kind of balances out a little bit more. So sometimes it's easier for me just to look from a little bit further back at that's like, right. I guess what I'm doing or what I'm not doing. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's what came to mind for me that's when awesome. you were that's, I mean, that's, that's a great opportunity for us to learn a little bit more about who we are. Hmm. So that's awesome. Do you have a catchphrase you want to share? Well, um, one that um, I was trying to, I wrote down a few. I was trying to think what really sticks out to me. Um, I, one of the things that I found really helpful <clears throat> is to pause when agitated or doubtful. Um, so yeah, so if ever I'm like agitated or not feeling right, um, I just pause instead of respond. Um, <clears throat> and then if I'm just not, it, it keeps me from making decisions hastily. Um, and it also keeps me from saying words or um, <laughs> responding to people in a way that I will later regret. That usually has nothing to do with them and has more to do with like like me and my state of self at that time than it really has to do with like with that person a lot of some of the times. That's good. That's a good one. I'm going to write that one down. <laughs> okay, uh, Michael. Looks like Michael has one. Michael is saying taking a step back and looking at the whole picture is so important. I agree. I agree. And I don't always do that. I'm guilty of being tunnel vision sometimes. Mm. Well, that makes me think of the, have you ever heard the term of, you know, it's, I can't see the forest amongst, among the trees. Oh, Yes. Or like, or kind of like too. getting in the weeds. You know, I think that that makes me think of it's like, I can't see the whole forest because I'm just so stuck in what's like right yeah. in front of me. Yeah, it's true. I, I, I'm guilty of that. <laughs> yeah. And that can feel like super overwhelming at times. That can be disorienting. Mm -hmm. um, it can make you feel like you're not 
like making progress or maybe yeah. even that you're not a part of something beyond yourself or whatever. I don't know. It can also keep you from, from seeing opportunity or, or moving in a, in a positive direction, especially if you get from that overwhelmed position. Mm -hmm. So yeah. 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 That's a good one. I hadn't thought of that one. So cool. Yes, yes. I'll share, I'll share another one. Um, okay. Because I'm a mature Christian woman, um, I read my Bible and mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff in there. <laughs> and sometimes I'm better at, at uh, living that stuff out than others. Mm -hmm. And so I remember one time being at church and there was a little thing, I can't remember the exact scripture, but it was one of the scriptures that I know, you know, all the ones we know. Um, and the, the pastor said, read the scripture and he said, and this landed on me and I've never forgotten. He says, so now either you believe it or you believe God's a liar. Yeah. It, it blew my mind. I'm like, it's so true. Because if I say that I'm a, I'm a Christian and I'm going to live out what the word of God says about who I am, if I, if I read it and I don't believe it, then what other alternative is there? Mm. Is God a liar? And I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, <laughs> to, and I'm grateful, again, that I got, I understood that um, young in my walk with Christ so that I'm like, okay, mm. I have to, every time I read this Bible, every time I read what I'm saying, or what I read what the word of God is saying, I have a choice to make. Do mm -hmm. I believe it or do I believe God's a liar? So this little phrase and this little, and I hear it every time I, every time I sit, hear it, it's his voice saying it mm -hmm. on, have you ever had someone say something like that? That's impacted you so much that every time it comes to your mind, you hear their voice saying it. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's exactly yeah. it. But let me tell you that little catchphrase has freed me up of so much. It has been mm -hmm. amazing. It's helped me really to come into my identity um, and to understand who I am as a Christian and it has just like, empowered me, I think, to move mm -hmm. forward. That one little phrase that, that he said in that moment, it truly, truly had an impact on my life. And do, does it, is it usually, the, the thing that comes to mind when you're talking about that is I think sometimes, is it triggered by fear? Is it the idea that you're like, I guess the thing I think of is like, if I can find myself in fear or uncertain or questioning things then I can like check in with myself and say like but you don't believe that like you believe that you're taking care of you believe that you know all these sorts of things so so I, I just didn't know if that's what you meant or if it was something yeah. else well any any anything like that fear is definitely something you know uh, the bible says do not fear mm. all this we've had a lot of fear happening over the last year so mm -hmm. either do I believe I have I don't have to fear or is God a liar you know right. the bible says that that I'm, I'm a, more than a conqueror. Do I believe it? Or is God a liar? You know, the Bible says I'm saved by the blood of Jesus. Do I believe it? Or is he a liar? Mm -hmm. So these are the things I have to, you know, he says he's my provider. When I look at my checkbook, it doesn't always feel like that. Right. But I have to remember either I believe it or is God a liar? And mm -hmm. so these are, this particular phrase here is a builder of my faith. And it's helped me to gain confidence in who I am as a Christian so that I can move forward and have those things that God has laid out for me. So mm. anyway, that's one of, this is one has really impacted me a lot. I hear that. Marcus says you go through it to get through it. Ah, isn't that the truth? <laughs> Sometimes right. I'd like to skip the first part. <laughs> it feels so, yeah, it's like, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. a great sentence. It's kind of the humor behind it too, I think, because we all we all can relate to it. You go Absolutely. through it, you get through it. Absolutely. That, um, I remember when I first um, was getting sober, um, my sponsor that I was working with at the time, um, there was, I think I was probably around, I don't remember, but at one point he told me, uh, he had me sit in a chair and he said, now try to get out of the chair try to get out of the chair. And you can't really just try to get out of the chair. You just have to get out of the chair. You know what I mean? Like yeah, if you're gonna get true. out of the chair, you just gotta get out of the chair. And so um, that was something I think with um, recovery as well. It was just like, if you're gonna like, if you're gonna be sober, if you're gonna make, if you're gonna, like you say, to maybe even choose to, to believe what God tells you, then you have to, 
like live as if you just have to do it and believe mm -hmm. it, not like be, <laughs> you know, not so. try. Yeah. Exactly. That, that's really good. That's a great analogy. Mm -hmm. When you said that at first, I'm like, what is he going to do? Sit on you so you can't get out or <laughs> tie you to the chair or whatever. How do you try? Yep. So nope. That's good. He's just like, let me figure out how to try. And I'm like, you can't try. You just do. Yeah. Yeah. See, that, see, these little things, as I, I know as people, you can use them in a, in a flippant attitude or whatever. Mm. Um, if you really ponder these things, it's they really have impact. Yeah. I mean, but don't, don't fall prey to any little cliche that comes around. But I know for these had the ability to impact my life if I mm -hmm. thought through them. And so I'm grateful that, that they have impacted my life because as part of these catchphrases and the people who said them to me, Mm -hmm. um, that have molded and shaped me into the person I am today to be, give me a platform to move on to the person I'll be tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And, and it's just, it's just amazing when I think about it, these little things that has been used to shape my life. It's just, a, it's a miracle mm -hmm. <laughs> in my mind. I remember, I, I remember, I often feel uncomfortable when people tell me like, they kind of like praise what I'm doing or they're like, Oh my God, you're doing this. And like, I'm, it's so great that you're doing this. Like, and I'm like, the only difference between people who are doing stuff and not doing stuff is that they're doing it. Like there's mm -hmm. nothing special about me. There is, but there isn't right. Like right, right. I'm doing it. Like I was talking after the show the other day or yesterday I was talking with Linda and Vera, another performer and, they were talking we were talking about how like we sometimes like decide say we're going to do something and then when it's time to go do it we don't want to do it and then when we do it we're like so glad that we did it you know and uh it's like all we have to do sometimes is just show up you know yeah. just show up and let let go of like the rest yeah that's true that's definitely true yeah any that's other nice. um Oh, I have a whole list. So, <laughs> do you have another one you want to share? I don't um, want to do all the talking. I've, I've been I've been pretty pretty off track. So having these cliches mm -hmm. bring me back on track has been really amazing. <laughs> I I use um I like I do use something from the Bible that um I actually tattooed on my arm because oh. that's that's what uh yeah, what does it say? I can't do this. Uh, can you? I can't read it, but it says be, be still and know. Oh, be still and know. Okay. Yeah. Which the rest of this be still and know that I'm God. Right. Yep. Yeah. So it's like, and for me, this was the practice that I used when I, um, when Wyatt passed away and mm -hmm. that's where he, he kicked my arm when he, he, when he, when he died. And so I put that, um, you know, how we do back home, people yeah. die and, people get tattoos as like a memory. And so I, I kind of got that as like um, a reminder and a marker of a really significant time in my life. Um, yeah. So for me, I have, cause <laughs> like, I don't know, have you, like, I, I can't be that girl who puts sticky notes all over their mirror and their, <laughs> And they're and right on their and soap on exactly there. Yeah, remind you like how awesome you are, or that like what God is, or you're like all those because I forget shit. So like I need those reminders, but I've had a really hard time with putting like sticky notes up. So I just tattoo myself, or oh. or I have like a piece of art, or I have something else that kind of reminds me of that of that same thing. So it's basically the same thing. It's just <laughs> me tricking. Awesome. Um, but I feel like that's a lot of what these things do is they just remind us yeah. of, of what it is that's true or what it is that we believe right. or what we find what, helpful. What we're pursuing. Mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't know. I know we per, we're both pursuers. Mm -hmm. um, we're, we're not, we're not the kind of people who just do nothing. We just don't have that gene. And so for me, this helps me to pursue with purpose. Because I don't want to just pursue anything. I want to pursue with purpose. And these catchphrases have helped me pursue with purpose all kinds of things. You know, mm -hmm. relationships, um, business, uh, faith, um, all different kinds of things. And so I'm grateful um, for these. And some of these are things that you guys 
maybe have heard, some of them are going to be things that you haven't heard because they're specific to uh, my journey. So, um, what's another one? Oh, you want me to share another one? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So this one you guys may not uh, yet, but this is kind of like, kind of I was kind of doing them in a little bit of an order. Is um, why spend another night with the frogs? Okay, mm. I know you're not going to get that, but if you don't mind, I'll explain it. In no, no. that Exodus eight. That's the story of Moses when he's taken all the people out of Egypt. I think everyone has a general idea of what that looks like. There was a whole bunch of plagues mm -hmm. that um, Egypt pursued because they wouldn't let the people go. Well, one of the plagues was a bunch of frogs. And the frogs came and inundated the land, was in people's clothes, in people's food, in people's beds. Nobody could eat or sleep or whatever, drink water because they were in the water. And so Pharaoh asked Moses, to pray and eliminate the frogs because he had done that with all the other plagues and it had eliminated right away. So Moses said to him, okay, when would you like me to do that? And he said, tomorrow. <laughs> Why tomorrow? Why not right now? Why not now? Mm -hmm. And so this is a reminder for me of the frogs that I have in my life. Why in the world would I want to carry in one more day mm. when I have the ability to take care of it right now? So for me, this is why spend another night with the frogs. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's, a, it's a catchphrase. That yeah, I, yeah. That I, it reminds me of the, like, why put off today what you could do tomorrow? Is that very similar? Uh, why put off till tomorrow what you can do today? Yeah. Is that right? <laughs> 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 That's funny. <laughs> I'm good at putting stuff off until tomorrow, too. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that 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 was another one. Do you have one to share? One one statement that I really um, came to love, and it is another tattoo, ah. um, which hopefully we'll see if I can show this again. Um, but uh, basically, it's silence equals death. Ah, okay, yep, and I can so, see it. Yeah, this particular artwork is from Keith Haring, and silence equals death was very. Um, very much kind of a slogan back in the beginning of the AIDS crisis um, when people were dying of AIDS and people were getting sick of like, cause they called it the, the, the gay cancer for a while. They, mm. they didn't know what it was. Like people were just dying and they didn't understand what was happening. They started seeing it in certain people, but you know, the president didn't talk about it the, because it was impacting the people that it was impacting um, you know, homes, they had, they talked about the five H's and it's kind of insensitive. So I'm just putting it out there. But in the beginning, they thought it was like homosexuals, heroin addicts, hookers, Haitians. And because they were only seeing it in these certain groups of people and mm -hmm. they didn't know that it was sexually transmitted. They didn't know it was, um, you know, like blood or they just didn't know any of that stuff in the beginning. And because of the people who were impacted by it and the people that were dying were not people that people cared about like overall, um, then like the president wasn't talking about it or it wasn't, it just wasn't being talked about um, mm -hmm. in the general public. And so we had to, people had to stop being silent in order to live. And so I think it's a very, um, I think a lot of folks can, um, especially if you're in a marginalized group or you're feeling as if, your voice isn't getting heard for whatever reason, then it's just the reminder that like to be silent um, is to die potentially. Silent. Oh, that's powerful. Yeah. And I think that's also like when you see something harmful happening to be silent about it is, you know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. not good either. So yeah, that's a good reminder. Casa Maria is saying absolutely uh, love these discussions. Oh, thank you for that. Mm -hmm. So you're so, um, do or, you have any, oh, go ahead. No, what were you saying? I was going to say, so do you have any other tattoo reminders? Um, oh yeah. So I have, I'm trying to, this doesn't have like a mirror ask okay. or does, I don't know what it is, but it's hard to, okay. It's this side. So yeah. I have, I have oh, my horse. Yeah. I think, can you see that? I yeah. can see your seahorse, yeah. So like I have a seahorse on my neck 
And the seahorse is my, it's kind of like my spirit animal, if you will. And I know that sounds hokey, but <laughs> basically it's an animal that reminded me of my childhood. So when I was little, I wrote a story about uh, seahorses when I was a kid um, in school. And I remember also being really intrigued because their gender roles are switched. So like uh, the males have the babies in seahorses. And so the the gender roles are kind of switched. And so as an, I've gotten to a point in my life again where I'm kind of returning to my child um, because I feel like there was a lot of my child life, my, a lot of my childhood that I didn't really live out fully because I was whatever, you know, too uptight. <laughs> um, but anyway, it's just kind of me re me reminding me returning to child later and on in life, and then the fact that it happens to be like gender gender. I want to say gender, and I, I don't want to say the f word because I don't want to put the e on our <laughs> on, <laughs> on our, our podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, like just to kind of mess with gender a little bit as well too. Um, so it, it kind of speaks to my now too. So. It's a reminder. Did you, did you know that when you got your tattoo? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I didn't I know that until you just told me. Yeah. I intentionally got it done. Well, you were with me when. I don't doubt that. <laughs> because I got it done in Arizona. Actually, I got it done in Arizona. The Our big Are weekend. You sure I was with you. I think the girls were with you. Well, Where were we at? You might not have been with me. I, yeah, I think. I'm not sure I was with Because we went to that Sultan. It was some sort of biblical, actually, um, wording that was a tattoo parlor that we went to. Huh. You, yeah, I don't think I went with you there. The last tattoo parlor I was in, I was with my daughter, and mm. she was actually getting some piercings in her um, ears right here for her headaches. Mm -hmm. oh, oh, my gosh, let me tell you. That freaked me out. This <laughs> poor thing. I know, I know, but I'm a mom. It's my kid. Mm -hmm. I don't care how old she is. So she's like, come in with me, mom. I'm like, oh, please don't make me go in. Please don't make me go in. But I went in with her. Mm. And uh, when, she, when she shrieked, I just wanted to grab that guy and say, stop hurting my kid. So mm -hmm. I'm sure I was not with you. I would have remembered. I know your girls were there. I just thought I maybe. I don't doubt that at all. I knew they were there because they helped me find the tattoo parlor and stuff. But yeah, that was the weekend that, that we kind of, that I felt like we've, we like had our um, our moment where we were like shared with each other, you know. Was that the weekend we went to church together? Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. It, was that, it was that trip because I got it around, it was around my 20 year anniversary of getting infected with HIV, which is kind of what triggered me to go to Arizona to begin with, mm -hmm. um, which that was a total God thing because yes, I thought I was there to deal with the HIV anniversary situation. And it, I was actually there to to reconnect with you, um, mm -hmm. and uh, so that that was just like a magical moment. But yeah, so the the unicorn or the seahorse was a way of kind of like um, I guess marking that as kind of returning to what was robbed. I guess what was robbed being younger, you know, by my mm -hmm. HIV, by just challenges while growing up. You know, I. Um, you know, I was mute for a while when I was young. I don't even know for how long, but you know, there was times when, I don't know, I just feel like it's kind of returning to some of those spaces where I felt like I've, I missed out on something maybe and seeing if I can experience something different. Gotcha. But gotcha. They, so do you have, do you feel like these markings, your tattoos are, are positive reminders? Mm -hmm. or, okay. Cause I, I'm thinking, man, these are kind of the sad, sad stories. I mean, oh, good, no. but good, but good, but sad. You know what I mean? Moving yeah. forward for sure. But I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, those are sad. Or, if anything, I think that's what it, I think that's what it does kind of it, it switches the, it changes what that, what that means. Right. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, they, they might seem like my first tattoo I actually got was a red ribbon uh, for, for having HIV. And yeah. the reason though that I got it and I got it on my hand when the people like, don't get a tattoo on your hand. But I was like, I didn't want my HIV to get in the way of anything I did the rest of my life. So it was me of saying, you know what, if I can't do something because I have HIV, I don't want to do it. You know, like, I don't want to have a job that I can't be open about where I would, you know, that's where I was at at that time in my life. It was something that I did not want to hide. It was not something that I was willing to um, 
I guess, disregard for, mm-hmm. for no one. And so that was like my way of kind of marking it. But yeah, all my tattoos are kind of those, um, they're markings of, they're, yeah, they're like markings of like good things and good reminders. Your, your, tat, your tattoos are your growing catchphrases. Yes, they are. Cause yeah. I don't like sticky notes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, my sticky notes so I can tear down and throw in the trash. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But yeah, so but so I, I totally get it. I totally get it. Yeah, but you know, like like those sticky notes, they can almost kind of blend in. You know, like when you when something's been there long enough, you just kind of even don't even notice it. And so for me, there's such a part of my body and myself that they're there, but they're not they're not like super extreme, but they're also not like you know, they're they're not extreme, they're just a part of me. And yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, they're just a part of my experience. Um, yeah, that's good. That's yeah. good. So I have, I have another one that I think as I've gotten older has really helped me. I mean, I have a bunch, but this is a, a good one. And if we run out of time, it'll be a good one to end on. Um, I don't know if you struggled with this, but I struggled with this and I've had a couple of my girls that have struggled with this over the years. And I've seen my sister's kids struggle with some of this and it's a, it's the fear of being alone, mm. and uh, th- to the point where Gosh, you went kids, there. Huh? <laughs> Just joking. It, it's it's right? true. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. true, though. I struggled with it for years that I, I couldn't stand being by myself. I'd rather be with with somebody, even if they weren't a great person, than to be with nobody. I would leave spaces, and you know, I, I just I, I just had to always be engaged. It was just, and it was not fruitful for my life. It was, it was actually stealing from me, my energy, my anxiety, it was giving me anxiety. I mean, it was just not a a healthy, good thing. So I found a quote um, from uh, Elizabeth Elliot. And the quote was a cure, the cure for loneliness is solitude. Hmm. And I was like, Oh, my goodness, I had to think about that. At first, I was like, wait a second. But I was seeking out attention because I was I was lonely. But the problem was I couldn't define what that loneliness was. Mm-hmm. What 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 in me was missing that I required such an engagement that I'd even be willing to compromise and be with people who weren't so mm-hmm. good for me. You know what I mean? I just had to go. I just had to be around. I, whatever. And uh, when I learned how to be with myself and to find the peace and solitude, that whole thing changed. Mm-hmm. And, and even when I'm physically alone, I don't feel alone. Yeah. I, I find that that's a time for me. That's really a, a refreshness, a refreshness for me, a time for me to think through things that I want to think through a time for me to, to um, develop characteristics that I want to develop within myself without any influence from the people around me. And it was really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And this is one I have on, that I keep with me. And I still, when I, when I'm in those moments, cause I don't know if you ever get overwhelmed sometimes I'll let myself, especially with my schedule or with things, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll allow myself to get overwhelmed. And I'll say, wait, it's kind of that pause that you were talking about. Wait. And, and this is what I go to. What is this loneliness I'm feeling? What mm-hmm. is this anxiety that I'm feeling right now? And then I'll get some solitude or some time with myself. And then I can actually think and process. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm a, I, 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 Christian, so I read my Bible sometimes during those moments. Or I'll just sit still and I'll just meditate on all those things, all those affirmations on whatever it is I need to do. And it, it helps so much. So this is one that will probably go with me for my whole life. Mm-hmm. But this one was really uh, life-changing for me. Yeah. It reminds me of a couple of things in recovery a lot. They talk about, or like one of the things that I do, like I used to kind of label label things not so great. So there are times when I feel like I would isolate myself from everyone and feel like I'm pulling away from everyone or whatever. And then what I've really tried to look at is like, how can this be more of like hibernation? You know, hibernation is a time that we go away and we, you know, we restore, we rest, we, you know, we get to a space in which we can go back into the world. So sometimes I mm-hmm. can relabel isolation with hibernation, if mm-hmm. it's true, <laughs> because right, I, right. Can, I can just be isolating for the sake of isolating. But maybe if um, 
maybe there's something I can do that within that isolation, kind of like you talked about with solitude um, to make it, make it matter a little bit more. Yeah. It also made me think of don't, don't go to the hardware store to get milk. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like it's like you, and and I think what that takes is like a lot of you knowing yourself Mm -hmm. and knowing what, um, what you really need. Like this might be a little bit of an overshare, but it was something that happened to me recently that I thought was a big growth moment. Um, And it happened in shelter in place. Actually, I had met this guy that I was talking to. I think I shared with you that I was talking with him um, and I was really, really liking him. Um, We were having really great conversations and things were going really well. And with shelter in place, we were trying to navigate how we could actually meet each other because we actually never got to meet each other face to face until many months after we had been talking. And so we had set up times to try to get together and we kept canceling them. Um, And so we kind of had had a lot of things happen in our relationship, except for kind of the physical aspects of being with one another. And I, um, we finally were able to do that and we had a plan and I was gonna, gonna go see him and spend some time with him. And then my girlfriend, Allie passed away and Mm -hmm. I was feeling very, um, obviously I was feeling very sad, very vulnerable. I, I was feeling responsible. I was feeling a lot of certain things. And in a lot of ways, I just wanted to be held and I wanted to be like comforted. Um, but I knew that he was not the person to do that for me. Um, and so I was able to call him and tell him and and just let him know, you know, like, I would love to spend time with you. I want to get to know you more and be in the same space three with you. But right now I just can't do that because I am in need of these sorts of things, but I don't think it's appropriate for me to ask that of you or to, to bring that to you. And I think that that was a very big growth moment for me because I think there are plenty of times where I just would have went anyway. Mm-hmm. I would have went anyway because I didn't want him to think that I was no longer interested or because I didn't realize that, you know, like I would be trying to get a different connection than what what I was really needing or mm-hmm. desiring. <clears throat> so I think that's what that statement is all about. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's a great analogy. Thanks for sharing. I know that was a, a vulnerable point for you. Yeah, it's a. I mean, it's a little, a little scandalous, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> scandalous. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely more personal. So, okay, did you have another one to share? Do I have another one to share? Oh, well, one of the things that I think is helpful sometimes is, um, and you might find this um, useful, but to allow, I was talking with a friend actually, uh, Linda Summers, who's a good friend of mine, and she was, we were talking and, um, you know, sometimes we, we have situations and we have people in our life that are going through really difficult times. And we don't often know how to help people. And yeah. oftentimes there's nothing we can do to help people. Um, and so one of the things that um, that I find helpful to think of sometimes is to allow people um, the dignity of their own experience. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's just like, sometimes we have to get out of the way and yeah. let people have the experience they have, they're going to have, um, regardless if like, cause it can come from a space of, I don't want them to get hurt. I want them to, to wow. have a better life or a better experience. But, um, at the end of the day, I'm just potentially getting in the way of, of them being able to, to learn or grow or, or experience whatever it is that they need to experience themselves with. So I find that helpful to, to try to remember at times. Yeah, it, it, it's hard, especially when it's someone that you love or, mm-hmm. or your child or your sibling or or someone like that. It's it's, it's really hard. Mm-hmm. And it can but cause I, all kinds of other challenges, too. Yeah. But I know that I've I've learned more um, through my experience than sure. than anyone's ever taught me or told me. Yeah. Um, as I've gotten older, gotten older, I can be more willing to listen to 
other people's experiences so that I could maybe avoid some, but I know growing like as a young person and even into <laughs> later yeah. in life, you know, I still had to have some of those experiences on my own. And, and there were probably people who did try, try to um, intervene and be helpful um, in ways that, that maybe weren't, um, but. I think those experiences are necessary to help us build character, uh, mm -hmm. and and they're not they're not comfortable for the person going through them, and they're not comfortable for the people who love them watching them go through it. And I, I've seen where things like that happen, and there's an expectation sometimes on one side or the other for someone to step in, and when they don't, um, it causes people to get hurt or or to even break relationship or change the status of the relationship that they have with that person. And so it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's not easy. It is not an easy position for either person, but I yeah. think you're right. I think it's, it's, it's very necessary and it's a growing point for both people involved in, in that process. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Stop it, Armani. You're making me blush. <laughs> ah, that's awesome. Armani says, I, Bonnie, you look so good. Thanks, love. <laughs> that's awesome. That is awesome. It's funny. Cause I wasn't feeling it today. I was like, uh, <laughs> coming together, but, but, uh, you know, it all works itself out in the end. It, it sure it's does. great to it see sure you, Armani. It sure does. Okay. Oh. So, so my turn for another one. It sure is. We have about okay. 10 more minutes. So, okay. I have, I have a, uh, the one that I'm, I'm working on now. And I think we, we both have been experiencing this together and my church has actually adopted this now recently too. And it's, uh, we are better together. Because mm. um, I don't believe, and I, I know I've shared this before, that I wasn't created to be all by myself. Mm. And so I believe that the uh, people that I have around me make me better. So together, we're better. This show is much better with mm. us together than at least with me by myself. <laughs> Right. Well, you can probably hold your own, but me, I no, love no. baby. So no, remember last, I think last week you went away for a second for like 10 seconds or something. I didn't know what to do. I couldn't, <laughs> I like, I couldn't do it without you. <laughs> so, so this is a new, uh, something for me that I'll probably also have for my life is that uh, we are better together. Cause I really, I don't want to squander any relationships that I have. And, mm -hmm. and man, over time, I've sure done my share of uh, crazy and done things to, to isolate people from my life. And I don't want to do any of that anymore. So mm -hmm. I definitely know that we are better together and I'm committed to the together part. And you guys just have to deal with me, helping me to be better, but I'm mm -hmm. committed to, to, to the process. So it's something I have. This is probably the biggest note that I have on my um, computer is that we are better together because I do have a tendency to pull mm -hmm. away because it's much easier just to manage myself and to try to manage how other people perceive me, manage mm -hmm. how other people want me to be, um, expectations that people around me may have. It's just much easier if I can just pull back and just do my thing. But I know that I'm a better person when I'm with other people. So we are better together. Yeah. So that's one of those stickies that they use at a conference, like those really big ones that they write all the <laughs> Yes, exactly. It's on the whole wall. <laughs> right. Um, one more, one thing that I, so like, and I, I like, like in recovery, in recovery, it's, it's like, geez. Um, but, um, you know, a lot of, I look at my recovery as like um, a disease or an illness um, and a part of treating and and for me i feel like there's also like a spiritual malady i think i had a like i needed a spiritual solution i think to let go of my drug use and so um and there was a lot of um secrecy and mm -hmm. so a lot of folks in recovery um say we're only as sick as our secrets and so that's something that i really um I really value and think of, and it's something that's always been there for me. I remember even when I was first drinking and using, I was very much like one of the justifications was, well, if I'm being honest about it and everybody knows, then um, it kind of makes it okay, right? Or at least it's truth, right? Um, so I think in some ways, 
um, you know, I think I, I don't like to say that that was bad. That was just a time in my life that doesn't work for me anymore. Mm -hmm. So I still just kind of like think about like, are there things that I'm not sharing with, with at least one other person? Um, so I think that that's probably one of the biggest tools I think I use is like, I'm only as sick as, as my, as my secrets. And maybe it's, I'm only as spiritually sick as my secrets, you know? Um, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. And for a long time, I just didn't know. Um, I don't know. I guess I was, I didn't notice that I was keeping secrets. Yeah. So it's well, nice to have that awareness. It is definitely nice to have an awareness. You know, one of the things that I have tried to live by is to be the same person in secret that I am in public. Because mm. if you're not, that's a lot to manage. Oh, my goodness. Right. Well, I've, I've been there. Right. Well, and you're there all the time. So it's like you're not full. You know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> you're in both of those scenarios. So you're not really, you know, fooling anyone. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So that's. So that's something I, I strive for because, again, I, I have a tendency to put on that fake persona and uh, walk out the front door. And I don't want to do that. I'm I'm want to be the same person. No matter if you're in my house, uh, we're out in public, or if I'm by myself. If the decisions come up, I want to make the same decision no matter what what the scenario. Right. So, and it doesn't. And I don't. And I don't think that means everybody needs to know your business. Not everybody that's right. deserves. Not that's everybody right. deserves to know you in that way. Right. Um, so I think that's the other part too, is finding a way to discern um, who you can share something with. You know, I have, I have mentors, spiritual mentors that I can talk to. You're, you're one of those people that I can talk to about some of those things. Um, but I don't take everything to you. I don't, right. you know, got the, a function of God can be that you can take everything to God. Um, right. uh, so it just kind of, um, Depends. So I guess that's all I want to say to that too. It's like <laughs> we don't want to go down a rabbit trail somewhere here, <laughs> right? So we are about done. Do you want to take us out and say goodbye? Say anything? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to do that. So as always, you guys, it has been our pleasure to engage in conversation with you. I hope that you have some catchphrases now that maybe you're living by or moving forward with. Feel free to still share those with us. Um, we would love to still hear those because I can maybe can use those. <laughs> Sometimes those things are things I'm looking for and I'm, I'm trying to work through something that catchphrase is just enough to get my attention so that I can move forward. So thanks for joining mm -hmm. us today. We are blessed to be a part of your Monday. Yes. And I, next week is our last, it's our 12th episode. So oh my gosh, already? I know. So it's our last episode of the season. Um, at least wow. that's, that was our plan. Um, yeah. so I think, so next week will be our last week. Um, so, um, join us. And if you have things you want us to talk about, please do let us know. Um, and then we will, we'll, you know, we'll take a few week break, um, you know, and then come back. I think, I know I would like to, but we, we can, <laughs> we can figure that out. But also we've been also thinking about maybe, is there a possibility of having guests or, having, you know, like maybe in another season. So if you folks have any ideas of things that you would like to see us spend more time on or to explore, um, we'd really love to hear that from you as well. Does that sound good? Yeah, sounds <laughs> great. You did a great job. You always All right. do. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everyone. You take care and have a blessed rest of your week. And we will see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Splintered Grace Podcast is brought to you by a queer chaplain. Follow us on all of our social media, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook at a queer chaplain. Listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe, comment, like, and share. Feel free to tip us at Venmo, Bonnie Violet, and support monthly on Patreon. The song is original by Stephen Sandoff, The Chasm Between Us. Rest in peace, Stephen.
Hey, uh, how's it going? Bonnie Violet here. I'm a trans femme, genderqueer, spiritual drag artist, and digital chaplain. And in case you didn't know, I could really use your support. Engage, rate, subscribe, follow, comment, share this episode, book me to keynote, panel, guest, on your show, or officiate your wedding or memorial, in or out of drag, collaborate, join the team, be a guest, make a pitch, sponsor an episode, join my Patreon, send me a tip on Venmo or PayPal, just do something. Thank you so much for your continued support. Check out the links in the description. 